Okay. We are recording. It is August the 4th, 2022. August 4th, 2022. On the prayer list, uh, Bob for his children, Stephanie and Mike for salvation, his other family members that still need salvation, uh, the people in a situation in the Ukraine, uh, the water problem on the West Coast, and pray for our government leaders to do the Lord's will and not their own. Uh, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Amen. That's the same thing as praying for the Lord's return. Amen. Uh, for Eric and Rex and Ted and conservatives worldwide, Reverend Davis and family, and unsaved family members. Pray for him and Judy. Pray for Osman. All our so-called leaders, he writes, uh, answers for all prayer requests. Phil Tobelman, George Weiser, George Weiser Jr., Joe Weiser, Larry Blevins, Susan, is this Bell? Bell. Mm -hmm. Jake, his grandson, and uh, Jennifer, daughter. Uh, Gordon, on the loss of his grandmother who raised him. Our friend Chuck Knipp in Orange, Texas. His dad's name's Randolph. We pray for him too. Uh, Marta and Charles. I uh, hope Charles is back, is doing much better. Uh, Vassy and Linda. John and Ruby, friends of the Bible study and podcast. A little girl, Abby, who did pass away, praying for her family. Uh, praying for Gary for wisdom and recovery. Praying for our police officers, fire and EMS. Couldn't reach each other. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time of prayer. We thank you that we could meet and read, study, and learn from your word. We just pray you be mindful of, of the things that we've put on the prayer card tonight. And uh, we just pray you be with us and teach us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's open up to James. He's not really a huge R.C. Sproul fan because of his hyper-Calvinist points of view, but um, I do like something he had to say about the book of James. He said the book of James is, is the New Testament's book of wisdom, and uh, there is a lot of good stuff in here. So we'll start at chapter 1 at the beginning. Uh, says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Hey, hey we doing? just started. That's perfect time. How are you doing? Fine, thank you. Good to see you too. How are you? Ain't complaining. Good. Like I said before, if you can't complain, you need to talk to Ray because he'll teach you how. <laughs> we can talk about him now. He ain't in the room. He's he's went to the restroom. So the book of James in chapter 1, and he said, Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So let's go back over what we just read here. Um, we're to count it joy when, when we go into different temptations, different little trials. Like the other night, we had to unlock the keys out of the van down at the Dollar General. Turbo was in the van, and Christian left it running so the air conditioner would be on for him, and but she locked her keys in there. And that thing, I never in my life, had, we that was such a hard vehicle to get in. in. The van. Yeah, it was hard to get that. So finally, Forrest got it. it you know, uh, Jerry went to his house and got this thin 
piece of steel. Well, it's sort of like that. Yeah. And we end up having to put a zip tie noose around the end of it and work it around there and get a hold of the top of the lock. Good day. He did, and I'm I'm glad because I wouldn't have been able to. I, it was so hot. And I faded out once. I had to sit in the truck. Anyway, uh, that was a temptation. A little bit of trouble. But counted all joy, the Lord saw us through it. And uh, as you say, Reverend Davis, if he'll take you to it, he'll take you through it. That's right. And so here you are. You got, you got a locked up vehicle you can't get in. Or it could be anything, you know. But, you know, Christian was praying, and I suppose others were too. And... Um, it all was well. It could be other troubles that you have in life, maybe some ongoing thing. I, I talked to a fellow today that had been alienated from his son for some years, and um, he was just kind of heartbroken over it. And um, I said, well, there may be time that comes that this thing will be reconciled, but, but if not... It's not your fault. You want to reconcile and get along. And Christ said, I came to bring division. There'll be five in a family, three against two, two against three. And, um, you know, that's, uh, we do see that. And it's what's the division there is the believers versus the unbelievers. So we're the smell of death to, um, to people that don't believe. That's what the Bible says. We're, uh, when we're around other believers, then we're like a, a sweet fragrance. But to the unbelievers, we smell like death. And they want to avoid Christians, Christianity in general. They, they don't mind Islam. They don't mind Hinduism. They like Buddha. The, you know, but these are false gods. These aren't the real, this is not the God that made you. But they, they don't, and, and you know, the demons that manipulate them poor, poor souls, um, they know the difference. They know who God really is. Um, but, you know, pray for them that won't come, that haven't yet come, that uh, they would have no excuse when they stand before the Lord. You know, I'm a firm believer that is. You, you have to willfully reject the Lord Jesus Christ to go to hell. You don't accidentally go. You have to go knowing that's where you're going. Choosing eternity in hell over subordinating yourself to the God who made you and the God who loves you and the God who died for you. You know, uh, that's, that's not a good kind of an attitude at all. But I think as we are on our ways out of this world, those last seconds, you see him. You know, you see him. And um, you say, Lord, remember me this day, then he will. Like the thief on the cross, he was dying. And he, he waited till the very end before he repented because one of the Gospels accounts indicates both of those guys was jeering and mocking Christ they both were but as, as the one got closer and closer to the edge and he said oh, goodness I'm dying here Lord would you remember me when you come into your kingdom and he said today you will be with me in paradise now that's a loving and forgiving God of course I'm going to get another one of these blue Gatorades if you'd ask your mom drinking like a fish <laughs> So uh, it says that, that you need to, uh, you know, after you've, you, you've kept, you, you've been patient. It says, let patience have her perfect work. So, uh, let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. That's a tough thing for most of us. It is for me to be patient. You know, when uh, when there's something wrong with myself or one of the family, I, I don't seem to want to be patient. I want to 
you know, I want one of those like Jesus healed the lepers miracle kind of cures. That's what I want. I don't always get that. But so far I have always been rewarded <clears throat> with uh, the Lord working the situation out. You know? Yeah. Why do you think that sometimes we pray with the same faith that God doesn't answer the way we want him to or immediately? Um yeah, the immediate thing is the thing. It's outside of his will for you in your life. Well, if if he abides in you and you in him. Yeah, and, and um his word, you know, you have his word in you. And um he says ask what you will, it'll be given to you. It's John 15. Um sometimes we're praying against human will. And it could be our own human will. Um, as I've shared with you all before, I finally got my lower back and hips and all that x-ray. There's not a doggone thing wrong with my anatomy. I'm just cripping along like I don't know what to do. And I pray that God will get me out of that. Thank you so much. And, um, and it don't happen. But I'm praying against my own will. I guess there's a part of me that's enjoying it or something. I don't know. Does Maybe it, it's the getting waited on part. Getting waited on, yeah. That's you're my enabler. Mm-hmm. I love you. I love you. Yesterday was 25 years, Christian. And I'm married. Yeah, he's put up with me for 25 years. Yeah, Thank you. Another part of that question is, if something like it says, if any man uh, uh, says if we're that God does not tempt. Uh, us with sin uh, and the word tempt probably means test us uh, where it says and not test us with sin but test us a temptation so if, we, if we're being tested by God to find out what our metal is and we pray for that to go away I mean it seems like we're actually praying against God's will uh, I guess that's possible yeah mm-hmm. um I don't think he wants us to have infirmities, um, you know, continual infirmities. I think he wants us to be well. And um, I, let me just answer for my part. I am my own worst enemy when it comes to receiving certain blessings. Uh, So he doesn't override free will. I mean, you really cannot pray someone into heaven. You can pray for them. You can pray that uh, missionaries and witnesses will be sent to them. And God, I believe, will send them witnesses, missionaries. And it'll in the end, it's up to them uh, as to whether they submit to the Lord and, and, and get saved. You can't make them do it. God doesn't, you know, use our minds to... Uh, against ourselves you know he he's not making us do these things um, you know the the downside of looking at things that way kind of makes it up with my you know, the ball is always in my court the ball's always in my court what do I believe this belief thing, and James covers it here, he says, if you ask this, you better ask in faith, not wavering. You better believe that you're going to get wisdom if you ask God for wisdom. You have to believe that. And that God would give it to you. The scripture says He'll give it to you. But if you ask Him for wisdom and you don't think He's really going to give it to you, you're wavering. But the power to believe, every human being has that. We're made in God's image, and and there is something about belief that can create and it can also destroy. Uh, Henry Ford said, "If you, whether you think you can or whether you think you cannot, you're right. Whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. 
think you can't. You're right, you can't. So what what do we end up believing? I guess by now, in my own situation, I would be believing that I had uh, something wrong with my spine or herniated discs. I even had three different orthopedic surgeons who were clients of our shooting school all told me, you got a bad back, you're going to have to get that worked on. So that really didn't help. But, you know, Eric and a couple of our doctor friends in Greensboro did an intervention on me and said, you're going to this spine specialist whether you want to or not. And we paid paid your visit in advance, so I went. Um, And I didn't have anything wrong. He said, you know, indicated that my... I didn't even have one herniated disc. Usually you do by the time you're 25 or 30. Um, So I didn't have anything to fall back on as far as something anatomically wrong. And uh, I would be believing there was something wrong if I hadn't seen the images. Now this is like with Ray too. He got imaged after that stroke and your brain went all the way back to just fine and there wasn't anything wrong but I know you have trouble balancing and to some extent so do I and um, it goes back to what we believe and where we put our faith um, if you really believe God can do it then it will be done but if you believe, if there's any part of you that believes he won't, then that's wavering. And that's what, is, that's what I've been doing, and I unfortunately may continue to do it wrong. I don't know. Oh, question. Yeah. What was your question in the beginning? Um, when the question was that when we pray for something and we have complete faith and the same as we also we generally do, but sometimes God answers the prayer, and sometimes He seems not to answer the prayer. And the part is maybe He's brought some trial into your life that He wants to see you through that before He answers your prayer. And you know that's the basis of my question. Yeah. Well, when, when Jesus, with this blind man that was with the disciples. And the disciple says, Master, who did sin? This man or his parents? And Jesus said, Neither his parents or this man. But I must work the work of him that sent me while it is day. There's a real part of God's plan. He uses you, he uses me. The things we go through is not because we did something bad, it's because he must work the works that others can see his work manifested through you. So when we ask God for something, His time is not our time. We want it right now. And if it doesn't come right now, we think it's something wrong with us. That's not necessarily so. God comes on this. When He's ready, He's always on time. But there's a reason we go through these things. The reason we have these things that happen to us. So, like you said, He tested our faith. If you ask Him and you believe, He said, I'll answer your prayer. He didn't say I'm going to do it when you want it, but he will do it. So that's what happened with the blind man. After he received the sight, and everybody started looking at him, they want to know, is this the same man that we were helping yesterday that couldn't see? And his parents said, well, go ask him yourself. He's grown. He knows whether it's him or not. So then when we witness that what God has done, then he has used you. There's a sickness and the stuff you go through, you didn't give up. You didn't turn around and say, Well, God is not going to answer me. I'm not going to ask him anymore. But when we, he said, When you ask for it, expect it. It'll come. Yeah, if you believe you have it, you know, um, that's in Mark 11, I think it's 24. He says, Whatsoever things you ask, believe that you have received them and you'll have them. Believe you've already gotten it. So there is the picture of belief again being very powerful. And people have done some unbelievable things. 
But then there are things that can be taught in society, and everyone starts believing it. One of the things I think is when you turn 45, you're going to need reading glasses. They all tell you that. And that's when it happened for me at 45. I started having new But maybe I was expecting that. Maybe I made it happen. I know that, you know, for uh, centuries or more, uh, a man can't run a mile in four minutes. Can't be done. And everyone believed that. And then that fellow Carl Lewis, he, he did it. He broke that four-minute thing. Now, once he did it, other people started being able to do it, too. I don't think anybody broke his record. But they were getting in under four minutes because they said, well, you know what? It's possible. It's possible. But Lewis didn't believe all, this, all of the stuff being said that it can't be done. He just went out there and did it. And run like a deer. I mean, that is pretty doggone fast. I mean, the, uh, the highly trained military troops don't run near that fast. But um, the the guy did it. He believed he could. So, um, if you believe you can't, then there you go. You can't. And you start looking for solutions to whatever the problem might be outside of Christ and yourself. If it's extracurricular to the Lord and yourself, then it, you might be barking up the wrong tree looking for a solution. And God knows how many I look. Hey, babe. I'm going to have her turn that light on. He knows how many trees I barked up one right after another after another um, well no I don't mean to dominate the thing with questions but uh, this makes it good curiosity here uh, we, we know from the Old Testament it says that God is working his purpose out as the waters cover the sea in other words God's purpose is going to be worked out yeah. it doesn't matter what else happens or what you think Suppose you're praying for something that's contrary to his purpose and you have faith. I think that's the crux of my question. You have faith to ask him for what it is and you're not wavering, but it's not according to his purpose. If we seek him before we pray asking, we won't ask for it, right? Maybe we wouldn't. I don't know. You know, uh, I mean... You see someone that has a problem and you, you want to see them do better. You want to see them walk better, let's say. And as I've said many times, I'm the, I'm the poster boy for unanswered prayer. That's people praying that I could get over the issues with mo- mobility that I have and, um, and seeing me not do better. I I take full responsibility for that. I have to. I can't reconcile that without taking full responsibility. It will not reconcile with God's word. Because, you know, he's he says over here we're in James <laughs> 5 uh chapter 5 of James verse 13 is any among you afflicted let him pray. Is any merry let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he hath committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. That's what it says. What if it doesn't? What if this person, you do this, and, and the person doesn't, doesn't get well? Well, you have to look where the loopholes are said prayer of faith if you've got an unbeliever in the group with their hands laid on this person and they really don't believe it the unbelief is very powerful in fact it said in one of the gospels Mark I believe Jesus he just didn't do many miracles there because of their unbelief it even says he could not do because of their unbelief So what we believe and what we don't believe 
plays very heavily into what God will do and what He won't do. But if you have a person who doesn't want to be well, and they might consciously want it, but subconsciously, they may want something else. They may like the, the situation. We have, to, we have to consider that. And that's all pointing back at me when I say this. But I, there, there's no flaws or faults in the Word of God. And if He says that it's going to be a certain way, then, then it's a certain way. That's how it is. And um, the, uh, the other part, of course, is did you really have the faith? See, locked it. Yeah, somebody's locked it. No, you have to knock on the door. You don't have to lock it. We're not calling the video. Sorry, have it. Love you, babe. Y'all pray for me. Huh? I said, I locked y'all in here. I'm losing it. Pray for me. All right. Lord be with Christian and help her. She's very, very busy and just help her to calm down and enjoy the life you've given her in Jesus' name. So, um, asking, if you're not asking in faith, then you're probably not going to get what you want. We do see that. So we we have to make sure we're not double-minded. You know, Jesus would just take Peter and James and John to do certain things because you know some speculate that there were some that wouldn't did not really believe you know Thomas he was called doubting Thomas he kind of doubted things so if you have those in your midst in your prayer circle or wherever that are believing differently and say, Lord, you know, your will be done, that's good to pray, but if you ask for something specific, and a lot of folks are kind of afraid to ask for something specific because they fear that if they don't get that specific thing that that means God's not giving them His favor or they didn't pray right or they prayed amiss. So let's, let's, uh, let's read on. Verse 9, let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low, because as the flower of the grass he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say, when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with any evil, or neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begat he us, with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits to his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, 
and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. We, I can speak for myself here. I um, know that I come face to face with certain aspects of my character that God wanted changed. And I agreed. And I saw why. And then before you know it, I'm right back like a pig in the mud or a dog to his vomit. I've done it again. So, um, you know, I... I mean, I try to be a doer and not a hearer only. I don't want to be this person that sees himself in the mirror and sees what I am and then turns away and forgets what God had shown me about myself. The, the Bible, the Word of God, is it says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides joint and marrow even. So, you know, if you're reading the Word, you're going to see passages that kind of hit you like, well, I'm not doing that. You know, this wrath of, uh, I just, just read it a minute ago, the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Well, if I get real mad then, I'm not working God's righteousness. But I do get mad at certain things. You know, uh, when I see injustice being done to someone, you know, um, I, uh, you know, I do get mad. But whoso looketh in the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not forgetful here, not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. I don't always bridle my tongue. You know, I speak out things that aggravate me, but some I could be a little kinder, I guess, sometimes. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Thunderstorm. We're blessed to be getting rain, though, because a lot of places would love to have it, and they're not getting it. Chapter 2. My brethren, have not the true faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect to persons. God's no respecter of persons. I don't know if you've got the NIV. Verse 1 of chapter 2, Bob. Yeah, it's definitely a different reading. My brothers, as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favor to suppose a man is, comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes. So it's, yeah. it reads completely different. Well, it says, Have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Amen. Christ with respect to persons. So if you're going to, it's saying, if you have faith in the Lord, uh, then don't be a respecter of persons. Don't don't say, well, and he goes on to explain that. For if there come into your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and you have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are you not then partial in yourselves and are become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world 
rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him. But you have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by the which you are called? If you fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, and you do well. But if you have respect to persons, you commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors, convicted, you would say. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. For he that said, Do not commit adultery, said also, Do not kill. Now if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. So speak ye, and do so ye, and so do as they say that shall be judged by the law of liberty. So speak ye, and do so as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. For he shall have judgment without mercy, that hath showed no mercy. And mercy rejoiceth against judgment. What doth it profit, my brethren? Though a man say he hath faith, and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Martin Luther wanted this book to be taken out of the, the Bible. He did not believe that uh, the book of James should be in the Bible because he reads that passage to say that faith without works is dead. Can such faith save you? And it is that, you know, it isn't by works that we are saved. It, it, by, by faith is how we are saved. But I think what, the way I would read this part of James would be to, to say, you know, real faith. If you truly believe, then you're going to be doing the will of God and you will be doing works. So, <clears throat> verse 18 says, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest that thou seest thou have faith wrought with works, and by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So again, that's Martin Luther. I mean, he had the right idea to get out of the Catholic Church. And, you know... Um, he nailed those 95 theses, I guess they were called, to the uh, Catholic Church. It was it the, the door? Wittenberg. Yeah, okay. 1570. Is that right? That's a long time ago. 
<laughs> well, um, <laughs> um, I read that list one time, and two or three of them, you just die laughing, because he really gigged them hard. I mean, it was the way he put some of that stuff. I mean, he he was giving them down the road, the, the Catholic hierarchy. You know, it's it's worth reading them, run across them. Amazing he didn't get burned for it. I'm sure they would like to have done that, but I suppose mm-hmm. God protected him. He was a Dominican. A what? Dominican. Martin Luther. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a friar. Dominican. Intellectual culture. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he's a sharp dude. But he he hated the Jews, though. Yeah. He really didn't like the Jews, and that that was another stumbling block he had. Um, this goes to show no matter how broke they are, the Bible in general, you can be wrong in some points. Well, what you what you have to get, and this book here too starts out about asking for wisdom, needing wisdom. And you have so much intelligence. We're born with a certain amount of intelligence. God has given to us differently. Some people can be rocket science scientists, and some, like me, are not going to do that. That's your intelligence level. Then you can gain knowledge. Knowledge is uh, what a lot of people, of course, they go to college and they get knowledge but they don't really know what to do with it because they're, they, they're not that intelligent you know Mark Twain once talked about somebody said that that fellow is educated beyond his level of intelligence it means you learn a lot of facts you just get taught things but you don't know what to do with it if you want to look at it this way it's like taking somebody a full set of mechanics tools, but they don't know what to do with it. And that's what you have a lot of these higher educated people. And they do look down on you. They look down on people that don't have a four-year degree. And um, that way you can go back to James where it says uh, people in low state. <laughs> yeah. What's that? I couldn't hear that. It says, people of low estate, uh, low degree, rejoice. That he will be exalted in the rich or the so-called smart people. The rich will be brought down. <laughs> yeah. um, but aside from intelligence and knowledge, the third thing is wisdom. So you can be an intelligent person and you can get a lot of knowledge, but then you need wisdom. And wisdom only comes from God. There's no such thing as wisdom that did not come from God. This book says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God. That giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. Wisdom. You know, and, and it's available for everyone. Now you have some people who may not score real high on an IQ test, and they haven't gone to, um, to school higher higher learning but they've got wisdom they just do and you know uh, a lot of times you listen to an old person they may have gone to 8th or ninth grade and you know they don't have a high IQ but when you start talking about real life matters and important things you just you just know they've got wisdom. Like, I want to hear what this lady has to say about this. She's got wisdom, you know. But everyone it's available to. It's available to everyone. I'm going to get into chapter three. But you have some people can quote the Bible forward, backward, sideways, <laughs> and and you think that's just it. Yeah. But. If, God is not a part of them, not on the inside of all that reading they're doing. You call it educated fools. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't mean a thing. No. Right. They say the wisdom of the world is foolishness to God. Mm-hmm. And a brother-in-law, 
that just died in 2017. He didn't go to school. He was raised in a coal mine down in Logan, West Virginia. He could tear a motor down and put it back together. Yeah. He had all that stuff, no book learning, but he knew what to do. Yeah. And God had to give it to him, that gift yeah. to doing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, and I know because he tore the motor down in my car and I was with that with him <laughs> and put it back together and I drove it for years. But he never went to school. And everybody in Columbus that he knew car had trouble, they'd bring it over there to him and he'd fix it. Good. Well, the, he loved the Lord. He's with yeah. the Lord now then. Yeah. The Lord. Amen. Chapter 3, My brethren... Be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and also able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beasts, and of birds, and of serpents, and of things in the sea, is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith we bless God, even the Father, and therewith we curse, we curse men, which are made after the similitude of God. So we're blessing God with the tongue and our mouth, and we turn around and we curse men who've been made in God's image. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries? Either a vine, figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom but if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts glory not and lie not against the truth this wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is also confusion in every evil work. There is confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. We're at the end of chapter 3 of James, right? And, yeah, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. So we read God's Word and we get the idea like, okay, Lord, I looked in this mirror, in this looking glass, and I see some places that I need to improve on. And it's, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go on a diet. I'm going to get some, 
I'm definitely going on a diet. When are you going to get? Well, I, you know, one of these days I'm going to do it. But you never do. You never apply the Word of God. I'm saying for many people, me in many instances. Nice rain. Thank you, Lord. All right, chapter four. We may have to sleep over. Yeah. Yeah. We'll put you on one of the couches. <coughs> yeah. From whence come wars? From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members? You lust and have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not, because you ask not. You ask and receive not, because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your lusts. You adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you think that the Scripture saith in vain, The Spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. A command to cleanse our hands, or a command to purify our hearts, indicates that we could do that. We should know how to do that. We would have the ability to do that. God won't say do this or do that if you're not able to do those things. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and He will lift you up. I'm sorry, I missed verse 9. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and He shall lift you up. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judgeth another? Go to now, you say that, that you that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. You know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that you ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live, and do this or that. But now you rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Let me see how far we in or how far we Getting close upon an hour. We'll do some of chapter 5. <coughs> Go to now, you rich men. This is chapter 5. Weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered. And the rest of them shall be a witness against you and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. You have heaped treasure together for the last days. Behold, the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud 
crieth, and the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabbath. You have lived in pleasure on the earth, and been wanton. You have nourished your hearts as in a day of slaughter. You have condemned and killed the just, and he does not resist you. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he receive the earth early and the latter rain. Be also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Take, my brethren, the prophets, who have spoken in the name of the Lord, for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Behold, we count them happy, which endure. You have heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful, and of tender mercy. But above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea, and your nay be nay, lest you fall into condemnation. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he hath committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gate rained, and the earth brought her forth her fruit. The heaven gave rain. I must have read that. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. That was the entire book of James. It's not real long. and um, I, We had not gone through that in a long time. I think the things that I remember from and pick up is just asking for wisdom and getting it. Ask God for wisdom and get it. And the importance of not wavering in what you believe uh, that you'll get. If you believe you may not get it, then you're being double-minded and according to the Scripture, you don't deserve anything. What do you do with wisdom? You can, uh, you can make peace peace between people not all the time but if you handle it wisely you um, you know you can get two people talking that had, had been at odds just helping them understand each other a lot of people don't say much or don't talk much when they're mad and um Lack of communication creeps in, and the devil has a foothold. So, with wisdom, you can situate some of those things. You know, being wise to give people marital counsel with God's wisdom. Wisdom can serve you well when you're being told to do something that you know in your spirit you shouldn't do that something seems wrong 
if I'm if the government is telling me I need to do this or I need to do that, if they're telling me that, I uh, anymore, and it's been that way for many years now. I uh, I know that the devil has has had a foothold in America's government for. 50, 60 years. Since they, they shot John Kennedy and the way that went down, he was getting in the way of their their plans. He wanted to put America back on a gold standard. He was not a perfect man. Yeah, he sinned. He cheated on his wife, presumably, but so did King David. Well, he committed adultery by taking another man's wife. And then he committed murder. With godly wisdom, you would hope not to go there. You, you would hope, say, Lord, I want enough wisdom that when, I'm, when the devil tempts me to sin, I know better. I don't fall for it. That's the amount of wisdom you want. And the, the part about faith and works, I think it'd be the same thing as saying, is this a good fig tree? Well, there's no figs on it. It might still be a good tree. They just may not be in season. But if the season comes and there's no figs on it, how can you say this is a good fig tree? You know, how can you say, here is a Christian. I'm a Christian. I've got faith. Praise God. But you never do anything that might demonstrate to someone else your faith. Well then that's no good. So that is I think that the, the gist of what that scripture is saying. You know, faith without works is dead. It's just like a tree with no fruit. Maybe it spring, you know, it flourishes, it's got leaves, it's got a good uh, root system but it's supposed to be putting off fruit and it's not not a good tree then if the purpose of the tree is to produce fruit speaking of which our neighbor next door Helen has a peach tree in her backyard with the tastiest peaches you ever had in your life and then she had she had a cherry tree there too and the wind tore it down it's on that same fence row and um, the wind tore it down but Prior to that, those cherries were, I don't like cherries, or I didn't like cherries until I tried those. And they, they were outstanding, black cherries, black cherry tree. And they're the best. Um, they're just, they're not black, they're kind of real dark red, but they call them black cherries. Black cherries. Yeah. So, so, you know, maybe asking God for wisdom and asking Him what may what might we do? How can I show someone my faith through works? What can I do that would demonstrate that I have true faith because I'm actually going to do something? It's going into action. I will produce fruit. So I don't, I don't think the book of James is at all teaching that any kind of works save you. Now, I mean, he did mention that what Abraham did, you know, that was counted as righteousness. He believed God. Abraham was tested. And, um, but he did it out of faith. He did it because he had been told by the Lord himself that you're going to be the father of a great nation. Well, he didn't have but one son, and God saying, go up there and sacrifice him. And Abraham had wisdom. He knew, oh God, you're really not going to allow my son to die. And if you do, you'll make him come back to me alive. Because, you know, you said that, that, that you would make a great nation uh, from me. And he's the only one I got, you know. And, um, but the angel took hold of his arm. And something to, the, something to the effect that the Lord says, now I know. And now I know what you've done. Now, God does know the future. 
but he does test us to see what we would do. He knows what we will do. He knows what we won't do. Of course he knew that Abraham was going to do that. But uh, maybe Abraham needed to demonstrate to God his faith through a, an act, through works. Um, so there's, there is a lot, of, a lot of good wisdom in that book of uh, James. Anybody have anything to add tonight? Join hands, we'll have Reverend Davis closes. Father God, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for allowing us to come together. Yes. We actually look into our hearts, Father. If you find anything that shouldn't be, take it out, Lord. Fill us up with your love, the joy, unspeakable joy. Help us to lift you up, Father. You said if we lift you up, you will draw all men unto you. And we thank you, Father. We ask that God give us wisdom and knowledge. But above all, give us understanding. Yes. So that we can understand your word and apply it to our daily routine, our life, to be a help to someone else. Yes. Help us to love one another. Bless this home. Bless each one that's here, Lord. Bless our going out and our coming in, Lord. Let your angels continue to watch over us, Lord. Not our will, Father, but Thy will be done in our lives. This we ask in Jesus', Jesus name. name. Amen. Amen. Amen.